special report. Knowing how to invest your money is harder than ever before. Dealing with stock market volatility, record debt, and terrorist attacks requires new thinking. At U.S. Asset Management, we can help you see the world more clearly so that you can move beyond the chaos and invest with confidence. Call us, visit us online, or drop by our office. U.S. Asset Management, helping you make better decisions with your money. Hi, everybody. I'm Christine Dolan, and this is our Globalists in Plain Sight show. And we are delighted to have our dear friend, Senator Malcolm Roberts, back with us from Australia. Malcolm, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, uh, Christine. It's wonderful to be here. And I love your, your term there, Globalists in Plain Sight, because well, we are getting them into plain sight now. Well, when we started this show in May of 2022, I did it because of the World, uh, the World Health Organization's meeting that month, because we just have to call them out. So that's what we're going to do today, Malcolm. And right. we haven't been on in a while. So tell us what's going on. Let's just start with what's going on in Australia. Are, are people starting to wake up and in what areas if they are? Yes, um, we, we actually face huge threats, as you know, from the globalists who are wanting to take us back to feudalism and serfdom make us all serfs again. There are two things that, that they're driving for, control over individuals and control over countries. And the second thing is uh, wealth transfer, so that we become slaves, we become serfs again. But the good news is I, I thought about your invitation and uh, we're winning. People are starting to wake up and COVID did, a, well, the COVID mismanagement and deceit did a wonderful job in waking people up because people have gone, hang on, hang on, this is, this is bullshit pardon the French, but this is bullshit. And, and then, then they went, hang on, the methods here and, and COVID mismanagement are the same or similar to the methods used in climate change and a few other things. Hang on, let's have a look at that. This is bullshit too. And what we're starting to see is that people are starting to pay through the neck with high electricity charges that are driven by solar and wind uh, and the transition to solar and wind. And also we're seeing farmers and rural people and communities starting to get really upset with solar and wind and uh, turbines destroying the environment transmission lines we can go into that later if you want but transmission lines tearing up the countryside now you need transmission lines wherever you've got a power generation we understand that but with coal and nuclear and hydro you need a fraction just a tiny fraction of the transmission line so when when you have as many transmission lines as they're needing now for salt dispersed solar and wind low capacity low energy density solar and wind it drives up the transmission costs and the capital required we're, we're going broke and people are waking up um people are now starting to stand up against the transgender rubbish we've seen the australian society of psychologists or, or psychiatrists recently stand up and say aff affirmation is not the way to treat gender dysphoria. Um, I've been talking about BlackRock and, and Vanguard and State Street and First State for, for quite a few years now, but people are starting to resonate with that. 
Um, we've had a terms of reference inquiry developing. That I got the motion up in the Senate. Uh, it passed, which in itself is, is a hell of a significant uh, event because what I did was move a motion to develop the terms, of, send to a, a Senate inquiry the task of developing terms of reference for a possible Royal Commission into the COVID mismanagement. And that passed because the, the main socialists involved weren't game to be seen to be opposing it. People, people are, they can sense the change. So we can talk that's more about the, the terms of reference. That's, that's very interesting to me because I remember when you guys in Australia did the Royal Commission on Child Abuse into the Catholic Church. Yeah. That was huge. I was down there when, when talking to a lot of those judges in the committee at the time. What, so does it have to go through another process to get that going? Because, I mean, that, it's not a prosecutor's inquiry, but your Royal Commissions down there have a significant, um, in, I mean, the emphasis with, with the public. Very, very powerful. Um, they have the, the, the ability to subpoena evidence, subpoena witnesses, compel witnesses to attend. They're usually, they're always called by the government of the day. So mm -hmm. that's why I can't, I can't call them. I'm not in the government. Um, but what we're doing is setting up the grounds for people to realize we must have a, a royal, royal Commission. Now, the Royal Commission is headed usually by a judge, a very well-known judge. He's, he or she is then given significant legal power in the form of lawyers. They're given very strong powers to, as I said, to compel witnesses, to compel giving of evidence, rendering of documents. And, and so they can really explore. Now, the question is, of course, the terms of reference. Because uh, the Prime Minister recently called uh, for an inquiry and it was just a whitewash. And people saw that. And that's why we jumped on developing the terms of reference. So what we did was um, the terms of reference, you want to make sure they're not just patsy for the, uh, creating a whitewash from the government. So and appointing a, um, a what is it, um, uh, a judge who's on, on side of the government. But instead we need a judge who's impartial and strong and determined to find the truth. So what, what we've done with the change in, in, in the mood in the Senate um, I sense that and we, we moved a motion and it passed to send to a Senate committee to develop an inquiry into the terms of reference. So we will have the terms of reference ready to go and, uh, and, and they'll be objective terms of reference. And I want to call out um, a few people in, in Australia who developed that terms of reference, particularly Julian uh, Gillespie, a, a former barrister. Uh, but he's put a team together and they have developed the best submission I have ever seen. And then we had another submission from an independent lawyer who uh, was familiar with uh, Royal Commissions and has written two books on Royal Commissions. And he came to the party too. Paul, Christine, I almost call you Pauline, our party leader. <laughs> but, but Christine, um, it was phenomenal. We had 19 witnesses on the first day. Wow. The Labor Party in government was determined to only have one day, uh, actually less than that. We have now got a second day coming up in March because the, the evidence was so compelling. But of the 19 witnesses, every one of them, every one of them was not just in favor of a Royal Commission, but enthusiastically and powerfully in favor of a Royal Commission, including a union that, that turned its eye against, turned a blind eye to the injection mandates of nurses in this country. So even the, the socialist unions are now can see we must have a Royal Commission. So that was wonderful. So we've now got the, um, the, the, committee chair 
seeking, seeking um, what could you call it, uh, abbreviated versions, more concise versions of the massive document that Julian Gillespie and his team prepared. So we will have some very, very fine terms of reference developed. And what's it, what it's done, this is the first time, because in an inquiry, the Senate can compel witnesses, can compel evidence. And what, what it's done is it's given the Senate the power to, well, the Senate has the power, but it's given the people the opportunity to speak about some of the things they could not speak about in the past uh, with regard to COVID injection mandates, controls on, um, on uh, uh, lockdowns and so on, all the injustices that happened. And so the people have been given a voice and, and some of them have really collated a lot of evidence. It's very, very damning. So this is the first time under the protection of parliamentary privilege that we've had an inquiry that can talk about the actual injustices of the, of the COVID mismanagement and deceit. So it's been a wonderful, wonderful thing and we look forward to continuing it in, in March. Oh my gosh, it, sound, it sounds fabulous to me because I know the impact when they did the child abuse inquiry, it was huge. It, was, it reverberated across the, the yep. world. And you did marvelous work in that. Well, it, well, so did the victims. I mean, and the parents of the victims. I mean, yep. they, they, they spoke up. Um, God love them. But I mean, it, what's, what's interesting to me is, is you will probably get pushback, you know, in Australia, but, because you're going to get it from big tech who collaborated with, with pharma. You're going to get it from Gates, because remember, Gates was down yep. uh, in Australia a couple, several months ago. He met with the prime minister at the time and, you know, with Gabby and I forget the name of the foundation. There's a huge foundation down there that receives a lot of money. And I remember that that foundation was on the phone with the young president's organization in 2020 talking about COVID and vaccines and everything like that. And they were just lying through their teeth to the business leaders that were in Australia, because I was I, a friend of mine allowed me to eavesdrop in on that on that phone call when they, they were talking to these people. But I know that, you know, people look at Australia the pharmaceutical does is that you're more susceptible to being vaccinated down in Australia. That's that's the way they look at it, um, and they have told me that. But if uh, uh, yeah, we're just dumb in America because we have because we, we 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 set up laws that give them free reign to do whatever they want with no liability. But could, could well, well, Christine, just on that, um, I asked a question, many many questions, is of our Therapeutic Goods Administration, which are equivalent to the FDA in America. Right. They, the, the TGA, the Therapeutic Goods Administration, regulates the drugs. Now, I asked him a question: Where was your testing? And the head of the TGA at the time, Professor John Skerritt, said, "We didn't do the testing in this country, but all the previous 12 months or 15 months, they implied or said that they did the testing." They did not do any testing in this country. And what they said, what Skerritt told me to my face in Senate estimates hearings when under questioning, he said they relied upon the FDA. The FDA had already by that time right. admitted that they did no testing themselves and simply relied upon Pfizer's tests. And Pfizer was shown, as you well know, <laughs> that they did not do the testing. They did not complete the testing. They did minimal tests. They did not do the normal test for drugs. So we've got a toxin being injected into people and killing 150,000 Americans, I think, at least. I mean, you... Oh, there's more than that. There's more than that. I mean, it's... Yes, it, well, it, I, it, I think there is no, too. We, you have to... Lay the blame on the U.S. government. Lay the blame on the U.S. government, the FDA, the people who run these departments. 
to date, Malcolm, here in the United States. Yep. They know about the, the various injuries, all right? They've known about the various injuries since January of 2021 because the NIH was taking some people's blood and giving them some advice to their own doctors outside of NIH. So they know about the vascular, they know about the neurological injuries, and to date, the FDA, the NIH, the NIAID, the CDC and the White House, who were put on notice in a letter that I have in May of 2021, to date, they have not officially acknowledged the vascular and the neurological, only yep. the cardio. Same here. And it's, and, and I mean, and, and the other thing is, this goes to the heart of, because you and I have talked about this in past shows, getting a copy of the contract that Pfizer, Moderna, J&J, AstraZeneca, I know was, was given out, asking the your government through this commission what was what evidence did those pharmaceutical companies offer to the australian whoever made the decision i don't know who makes the decision down there to allow them to get into your market in australia to distribute those those shots that's very well, interesting because that will show that they that, that they lied on what Pfizer, for instance, wanted to keep under lock and key for 75 years. We're very confident there was very little given at all in the way of evidence because we had an inquiry. Another senator moved a bill, a small party senator moved a bill, Ralph Babet moved a bill um, in, in Parliament saying to end all vaccine um, indemnification of, of, of pharmaceutical companies, to end them. and. Um, that that went to a senate inquiry just one session it was done in camera not in public and we had the finance department there and also the health department because you need both you need a health assessment of, of the or the health likelihood of health uh, injuries uh, and then you need the financial uh, people involved so that they can cost it well get this you know, up until that time, we'd had a few different inquiries about COVID and aspects of COVID, and I'd always come out of there pissed off because it just just was suppressed. I came out of there, you can ask my staff, I came out of there after a few, uh, what was it, about four hours, and um, we're still only partway through the day. Um, came out of there very happy because it was starting to come out. Then when we went back there, we were told that they forgot to turn the recording on. Oh my and, and, lord. Oh and so god. I said, I want it again. I want another another day to, to repeat it. No, you can't have that. Both the Liberal Party and the Labor Party are, are so-called right-wing and so-called... You're, you're Republicans and Democrats, okay? Mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. the equivalent. They both said no. So anyway, but it's Why? starting to come out. I mean, at some point, there's always a tipping point. You know, I always used to call it the Lewinsky blue dress beyond anybody's imagination, but then, you know, people all of a sudden wake up to reality. What What is it going to take in Australia? It, it's coming, it's coming. Um, people are starting to realize that, and we've been telling them this message, at the top of our country, the number one authority in our country, the top governance structure in our country is the, is the national, the federal constitution. And that is the people's constitution in our country. Uh, we are the only country in the world in which the people voted for the Constitution. Many people are not aware of that. Mm. And, and the Constitution puts the people paramount. The King or Queen, which is still the King or Queen, King or Queen of England, is still the King or Queen of Australia. But they have a role within our Constitution of serving the Constitution, serving the people, not being rulers. 
And so the people are in charge. Well, the people have been too fat and sloppy, uh, and, and I, I, include, I include all of us as, as the people of Australia, and we have just turned a blind eye to the governments, and, and we haven't realised that the Liberal Party and the Labor Party, uh, your Republicans and Democrats, have just become one uni-party, and they're just driven, driving the agenda from the globalists, the World Economic Forum and the United Nations, which formed an alliance, by the way, in 2018. They're pushing the same issues. So we have ceded our, our governance, we've ceded our sovereignty, and now we want people to come, come back with that. Well, guess what? They had, a, they had a voice referendum to give a voice and, and a treaty and controls um, and powers to the Aboriginal people of this country. The Aboriginal people of this country said, go to hell, we don't want it. They voted overwhelmingly against it. The, the, the rest of the country voted overwhelmingly against it. And that was, that was brought on by a government with emotion and, and, um, emotion and feelings, no hard, no hard scrutiny. And the people of Australia saw right through it. It wasn't just defeated, it was comprehensively defeated. In Queensland, my state, 70% almost voted against it. In the other states, um, over 60% voted against it. So this was a thumping. But here's the thing, Christine, there was one jurisdiction. We had six, six states and one territory voting comprehensively against it. There was one territory, the Australian Capital Territory, the equivalent of your DC in Washington DC, voted for it. The bureaucrats are out of touch with this country. Uh, until we wake the bureaucrats up, we're going to be hampered. But the, the point is that government was defeated. The trans people, um, sorry, the, the, no, not necessarily the trans people, the, the trans movement has been hijacked here in this country. It's a globalist push to, de to def destroy families and destroy individuals and cause separation. We normally, I, I've been speaking against the, the uh, changing of genders because it's impossible to change gender. That, that's it. But uh, we've been speaking against the mutilation of children and the, the chemical treatment of children for years now. Well, every time I spoke in the Senate, the Greens would jump all over me, call me names and vilify me and all the rest of it. Well, recently, we introduced a bill into the, into the Senate to prohibit the use of federal funds for uh, changing of, of uh, from oper operations that either chemically mutilate or, or physically mutilate with scalpels children under the age of 18. I spoke, the Greens had one speaker, normally they have many speakers, they had one speaker and then we had a procession of people on our side speaking against it and that was it. That was it. And, and now we've got the, the psychiatrists and psychologists actually standing up and saying affirmation is not the way to treat gender dysphoria. So there are changes coming and people are starting to wake up on energy too, but, but I'll draw breath first before we move on to energy. Well, l let, me, let me ask you something. <clears throat> when, pe when people, is it the contagion of one? Is, is it seeing people speak up and, 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 and people, I mean, because I, I have this theory that people know something's wrong. They, they, yeah, they, 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 may definitely, not, definitely. they may not fully understand the history, how we got to this point. I mean, some of us who are in the news business, you know, have seen some of this for a long period of time. Some people that have been in politics have seen it for a long period of time. But, you know, most people live their lives and go about their daily, daily tasks. At the same time, you know, as you said at the beginning of this program, Malcolm, the the upside of COVID is it was such a slap in the face, economically, spiritually, uh, physically. I mean, socially. four families apart, socially. It was a disaster. And 
it was an over it, it was an overreach completely. It was an overreach completely. The problem is, I don't think these guys that want to play this overreach game really have the toolbox to do it because right. it, 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 it can take one country, you know, and I've said this, you and I have talked about this. All I want is one prosecutor. I don't care what country the prosecutor's in at this point. I want one prosecutor to go after the board of directors of Pfizer, Moderna, and J&J, because it comes down to who knew what when and what did they do about it? Because they knew it from the inside. If you know it from the inside, then go in there and seize their records, take out their phones, take out their computers, go to get all the information and put it together. Because I truly believe these guys knew exactly what they were doing. It, this, is not, this was not a mistake. This was not a, a, a lack of competency. Nobody can be this stupid. It was intentional because, about, of, because of money. Well, we know, Christine, that it was a defense countermeasures consortium. This, this was openly on our, on, our, on our Australian Defense Department's website for, for many years. Mm -hmm. But we didn't know about it. Most people didn't know about it. But Canada, Britain and America signed a defense consor uh, countermeasures consortium, a defense pact, back in 2007. We joined them in 2009, so we've now got Australia to it. Did, that was the was, authorization. Was New, was New Zealand part of that too? Not that I'm aware of, just the four okay. countries, Defense Countermeasures Consortium. And that involved the military and, and the health departments. And the military drove the approval of the injections. They bypassed the FDA, as we all know. So mm -hmm. people are waking up to this. But I want to draw, draw your attention to um, Bill Gates. You mentioned him a minute ago. One he of my came favorite down to, people, one of my favorite crooks on the, on the planet. <laughs> a real grub, an evil human being, an anti-human uh, mm -hmm. and, and inhuman policies, in, in, inhuman desires. Now, he made a ton of money out of uh, the, co the COVID injections. And then once he sold off his shares, reportedly, he started slagging it off on them, on the same producers. Now, he came down here and met with our Prime Minister. What the hell is he doing meeting with our Prime Minister? And afterwards, they, they both separately made a statement saying what they, what they met with, met, met about. They met on energy. They met on climate they met on health, they met on the environment, and they met on food. Now, Bill Gates has not one qualification in any of those areas. And Bill Gates has, in every one of those areas, has significant conflicts of interest. What the hell is he doing determining policy in this country? Why is the Prime Minister even looking? But here's the significant thing, Christine. When people thought he was running uh, Microsoft, which he was, he, invented, he founded Microsoft, people thought very highly of him. We make a post about Bill Gates now, and he gets slammed. People are waking up. People are waking up to the grubby globalist billionaires that are pushing this rubbish. And, and that, is, that is now starting to see the, the energy um, changes, the, solar, the transition to solar and wind is driving horrific costs. We have the best coal reserves in the world, not the biggest. That, that's the Americans, the, the Chinese, and the Russians have far bigger reserves. We have the best quality coal in the world, and per capita, we've got more than anyone else. We are abundant in gas. We were the world's biggest exporters of natural gas until the Americans uh, took that, that uh, place off us in the last year. Now, so we're huge exporters of energy. We can't use our coal and gas to generate electricity in this country, but we can sell it to countries overseas. We have gone from being the cheapest providers of electricity in the world 
to being amongst the most expensive. We've now got uh, peak smart measures from the state government, 170,000 uh, times in, in, in each of six events, 170,000 times each, the state government intervened and turned off or turned down people's air conditioners. What the hell is going on? We have a backstop mechanism. We have the highest proportion of solar panels on, on residential roofs, individual houses in the, in the world. The state government has a backstop mechanism because, because the solar and wind are making our, our grid, which was amongst the best in the world, now it's in, unstable and shaky and unreliable and insecure. They're putting smart meters on that can turn off solar panels, but not just turn the solar panels off on your roof that you paid for and mm. stop it feeding the grid. It can't even feed your own house. They're wanting to control electricity. And what we're seeing is a wonderful pushback from people on these measures now uh, because the cost of electricity has gone through the roof. It's, it's driving inflation. It's driving high grocery prices, supermarket prices. And what we're also seeing, and we, didn't see, we, we knew that that would come, but we didn't see this. We see people in rural areas pr protesting very strongly about transmission lines, solar panels, uh, wind turbines, destroying the environment, destroying prime farmland, destroying communities. And we now see people starting to wake up because our equivalent of the Republicans, the Democrats, uh, the, the, um, the Liberal Party in this country is, is seen as, oh no, they wouldn't do it. All the major initiatives on climate and energy, I've busted them right out in the open, are all started by the Conservatives, by the Liberals, by the equivalent of the Republican Party. The, the Socialists, the Labour Party, come along and ramp it up. But, but the Liberals initiated every major climate and energy policy that's now destroying our country. And people are starting to wake up because of the disruption to the, to the countryside, and the, the disruption and destruction of the in, environment and the, the hip pocket. All right. At that note, I want to take a just a, a pause right here for a commercial break, Malcolm. And then on the other side, let's talk about Julian Assange. Okay. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The My Pillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever, My Pillow 2.0. <gasps> When I invented my pillow, it had everything you never want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My Pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My Pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of my pillow. Now's the time to go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use the promo code to save 50% on your MyPillow 2.0. Not only that, for a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. MyPillow.com. Okay, we're back with. Senator Malcolm Roberts, one of my favorite Australians. Um, this week, they had the hearing in London, Malcolm, okay, on Julian Assange's extradition to the United States. Now, I, f I fully admit, when w the WikiLeaks story broke years ago, I was very cagey about uh, Julian Assange because I didn't know if he would play by the rules of the game of not getting people killed. And I thought what was interesting uh, and, it, and it took me a while to, to, you know, unpack the story about what was really going on with Julian Assange. And I'm not talking about the, the, the Swedish rape or anything like that. I think at the time, 
Julian Assange was blamed by the Americans, and I call it Vault 7, that he was responsible for releasing the names when, in fact, it wasn't Julian Assange. And, you know, living through the last three years and seeing the censorship <clears throat> that has been imposed against journalists, I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm very wary of what could possibly happen. And I think it would be a great injustice if he was extradited to the United States, because the United States is basically saying that um, investigative journalism, can, you can be charged for espionage. And yep. in that case, and it's a it's a sad day. I mean, I, I democracy, journal, investigative journalism begins and ends with what happens in this case. But I did I did hear from people that were in the courtroom that the judges didn't exactly know everything about the background, but they might have piqued their interest some because they realized that they didn't know everything that they should know. What's the support? Because I think you guys you guys have come out as a government and basically said enough is enough. No, the, the government of, of Australia, both the major parties, the Labor Party and the Liberal Party, uh, have been pretty much hiding uh, from making comment. They've been silent. They've, they, they, who, was, they, who was the senator? Was, was it a senator that took to, took to the floor? Uh, the, there have been two senators that have been outspoken, and we've, we've been um, speaking up as well in the last couple of years. But the two senators are uh, David Shoebridge and also uh, Peter Wish-Wilson. Uh, we don't normally agree with them, but David Shoebridge is, is pretty impressive. He's a lawyer, um, and, and we do see eye to eye with him on many things. Uh, Pauline Hanson, our party leader, came out in support of medicinal cannabis many years ago. And so the Greens have also come out in support of cannabis in general, not just medicinal cannabis, but um, recreational use of cannabis. So we're, we're, we're close to them on that, that area. Um, we're also close to them on Julian Assange, but I, I, I'm not going to take the credit for that because David should be the one getting the credit and Peter Wish Wilson. So they, they've done a good job on that. We have been supporting them in that. We have been uh, attending functions in Parliament House, speaking out in, in favour of Julian Assange. Um, and, and the government has been silent. Both the major parties have been silent on that. But there's, there's, people are starting to wake up on, on Julian Assange. But as you pointed out, thanks for your con confession and admission, you know, I was similar. A lot of people in this country are similar. We followed the American government's crap, which was mm -hmm. that Julian Assange was costing lives, threatening lives. No, he was saving lives. Well, no, and, not, and not only that, but people have to understand when you get into the nuances and the weeds of this case, there were the New York Times, The Guardian and other news outlets who were working with Julian Assange and they kept their mouth shut. They kept their mouth shut and they allowed him to take the bricks knowing that he was not the person who had uncovered and released those names, that it was someone else and it was somebody else that was involved with journalism. All right. So now all of a sudden the flip side is knowing that if Julian is extradited to the United States and, you know, they, they, they people in the courtroom got hung up on, you know, whether or not he could be tortured, uh, whether or not he could be in isolation for, for, you know, 20 years, which is torture for God's sakes. They're concerned about yep. it because they understand the repercussions. And many of those news organizations have jointly, thank God, turned around and said, yes, you know, he should not be extradited to the United States. But, the, you know, he was... There, he was abandoned. He was. Not, it wasn't just the American government who concocted those charges. He was abandoned. Yes. By some of the very same journalists who were working with him at the time.
Well, you know, you, you look at what's happening in, in your country, Christine. Uh, Trump came out some time ago and, and called the, the, the fake news and called the lamestream media for what they really are. Uh, and, and you'd be with him on that. Now we see Robert F. Kennedy really climbing in the polls because, and he's been calling them out too. And the right. people are starting to wake up. So Trump, I think, ignited it. And, and when he belted CNN and others, they started feeding on themselves and criticizing each other, which was wonderful to see. But Robert has kind of come along and really told the truth on that. Um, and that's been wonderful. And now we see Tucker Carlton, Tucker Carlson uh, doing prime, prime shows, high rating shows, and telling the truth about NATO, telling the truth about what's happening in Europe and what's, what's happening in the United States. Uh, openly questioning things. Now he couldn't do that when he was in the mainstream media, but now he's free and he's doing it. And and people can see things like that. When 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 Tucker Carlson's uh, interview of, of Vladimir Putin became so high in in, in viewing viewer numbers, it just tells you that Americans are hungry for news, and they're hungry for news against their government because the government has had a, um, a Soviet style, not a former Soviet style way of sh suppressing the media in, in the past. And we didn't even know it. And then well, you see so this, what happened this, with you. This, this is what I'm, I'm fascinated by because, you know, we, we didn't, we knew it, but we didn't know it was this bad. I think that that's fair yeah. to say. We, we knew it was bad for some of us like myself who's worked for four networks. We knew it was bad. And, and I couldn't do my human trafficking investigations at the legacy media. That's why, that's why you know, I've been off doing my own stuff for 24 years. But, but it's, it's interesting to me that I, I guess, you know, what, what is it going to take for people to really have the moral courage to do the right thing in real time as opposed to, you know, post-trauma? That's, that's well, because I never want to see this happen again. I mean, I don't, how do people view America right now down in Australia? Do they think we've all lost our minds? Well, <laughs> Australians think Australians have lost their mind. Well, okay, um, but I mean, some and, of the Australians you know, who have lost their mind are buddies with the people in America who've lost their mind too. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and they can see that a lot of these things um, that are plaguing our country are plaguing the United States. But they can also start starting to see where it's coming from. And it's coming from the United Nations and the World Economic Forum, you know. So that, that's, that's, that's a really strong movement that's happening here. Oh, sorry, it's not strong now, but, but it's growing strongly. Um, people are waking up. People are waking up to the fact that uh, the United States government, and look, I'm married to an American. I've, I've traveled through well, all you, 50 you, states. You, you went to school in America too. You've been, you've, yeah, that's you right. Have. You've traveled to more states to than most Americans. Um, so I've been in, in all 50 states. I love the country. It's, it's fantastic. I love the people. They're just like Australians, the slight differences, um, which are significant culturally, but they're very similar. Americans and Australians get on very well together. Um, but I absolutely detest the American government. And I'm not talking about Biden's government. I'm talking about governance in, in your country. It's been hijacked for decades. Um, we know that. And, well, and they call the it most... special interests. Ross Perot used to call it K Street lobbyists. That's it. And and but our it, our it infusion of we're in, our infusion of cash into politics. And I've been I've, you know I've been in this business for forty years, so I've I've seen it at the at the at the international as well as the national po political game. We have too much money in our government for it but, to be but fair that, for that's... people. That's the thing. I think people are, are awake, awake to the huge amounts of money in there, but they're not awake yet 
on a large scale to who's driving that money. That money is coming from companies that are owned by BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, First Street. And, and Bobby Kennedy, call mm. them out. We've been right. calling them out for a number of years, but Bobby Kennedy, I saw a couple of video clips of him recently, a wonderful, wonderful calling out of these bastards. Um, but that, 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 these are the world's largest corporations. They own each other, as Bobby pointed out. Um, and and what, what's happened, as Robert pointed out, I should say, um, but these companies are owned by a small group of people who are trying to control the world, the globalist predators, the globalist parasites, as we've been calling them. And that term is catching on now. So what we can see is the people behind the scenes who own ultimately control BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, are the ones pushing the World Economic Forum. They're controlling the World Economic Forum. They're controlling the United Nations. And the United Nations and World Economic Forum formed an alliance in 2018. They're pushing this shit down people's throats. They're hiding behind so-called good practices. But what's really going on is the globalists are controlling it. It's not just the, the financial interests. It's the Black Rocks, Vanguard, State Streets and the people behind them that are pushing this through the United Nations and the World Economic Forum. You have lost your sovereignty in, in the United States. We have lost our sovereignty in, in, in uh, Australia. The British have lost it. The Canadians have lost it. The, Can the, the New Zealanders have lost it. We're being controlled by people who want control over the whole damn planet and they want to transfer wealth to them from us and they're starting to do that and they want a complete return to feudalism. That's what they're after and putting us in, in serfdom. Ultimate, ultimate money trip. So how are people in Australia, Malcolm, responding to everything that's happening at the World Health Organization with the, with the pandemic treaty, the, the <laughs> amendments? I mean, are people in Australia woken up to that too? Because they are, uh, the Australian government is in tandem with the Biden administration. And that's really when you raise Bill Gates, why did he meet with your prime minister? He met on food. He, he met on the climate change. This is because of the World Health Organization's model of one global health, which Correct. is who come, which, which was you know conceived, came out of, you know, University of California. So I, I've got I've, I've got fabulous staff. Uh, I'm really blessed with high quality staff in, in our Senate office team. Um, two in particular were experts, are experts on the World Economic, oh, sorry, on the World Health Organization's so-called pandemic treaty, which has then right. been changed to a protocol, which has been changed to an agreement. They're jumping all over the place. Well, they, um, they, 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 can't, they have to get rid of the word treaty because, you know, in some constitutions, like in America, the Senate has to actually vote on a treaty. Well, and, and then the other aspect is the international health regulations, as you know. So they're mm -hmm. both those aspects. Um, we came out, I, I made a couple of videos back in April 2022. Um, and, and they... They, they came out and they, they had a huge uh, following, huge viewership, and we know that they went overseas quite a bit. So uh, we also know that the Africans, uh, when they heard about it, they, they voted as a block against the World Health Organization because they have basically said, you bastards in America and in the West have been trying these, this stuff on our Africans and killing us by the thousands, experimenting on us. So the Africans were against it. Then, then uh, and, and the... the to staff in our office, they not only know what the World Health Organization is up to, they know the processes within. So there's good news and there's bad news in this. The bad news is that this was an attempt to try and take over uh, every country's health departments and mm -hmm. become the global um, predators. They want to be the they want to be the papa predator. 
That's right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what happened was that people in Africa, people in other countries are starting to wake up. We know that there are other politicians like myself who have been waking up people in their own countries and people overseas. We know that it's okay now to speak against it because I've spoken against it for a couple of years now. And so, um, and other people are starting to do that, other politicians. Ultimately, the, the process in the World, World Health Organization has, has, has simmered down a little bit because, and this is the good news, because people are waking up and they know that they can't get it through because the World Health Organization doesn't need a simple majority. It needs a consensus and there's no way they'll get that consensus. So what we've seen in the latest iterations of the treaty or the protocol or the, or the agreement and the international health regulations is a watering down almost back to where it was. And so, but even that, we're, we're, we're saying to people, people are now awake around the country as to what's going on. We're saying to people, don't ease up, keep the foot on the throat of the politicians, because as you rightly pointed out, the World Health Organization can do whatever it wants. It's up to the politicians in the country to, to put it through Congress, put it through the parliament or not. And what we're saying to people is put the pressure on the, on the state and federal politicians, especially federal, to reject anything from the World Health Organization. So the World Health Organization, we think, will be watering it right back and we won't get much of significance uh, beyond what's already in place. That's what we're thinking. But we're saying to people, keep the pressure on the bastards. Well, you know, what's, what's interesting is, is, you know, even though there have been a lot of people that are talking about what's happening with the World Health Organization now, um, when we found out about the amendments uh, in April of 2022, uh, and they, they were they were written by the people at the, I forget the woman's name um, who works for HHS in Washington D.C. and she's head of the global I call it the global shop. They came up with the amendments, and they had countries like Australia, Canada, most of Western most of the EU, I guess, um, and Western European countries that didn't didn't even belong to the EU, to the Eastern European countries who didn't even belong to the EU were pressured. To basically say yes, we're we're gonna we're gonna go, we're gonna march with you, and then when the Africans stepped into this and they pushed back, sure enough, Janet Yellen, Biden sent Janet Yellen, Kamala Harris, and Jill Biden to Africa on several several trips, you know, to to, to woo them, and then the African countries, you know, they they want something in return, and some of them are standing up and saying, no, we don't want anything, we just don't want to be part of this. But I, yeah. I just keep on thinking when I, when I see how America, federal government is now acting and, and literally buying votes. All right. I mean, the student debt is, is, a, is a let me buy your vote type of program. I mean, we are we are at a point now where I'm wondering if politicians in, uh, in allied countries privately can say to some of these people, you know, how you behave is giving the political is giving the political class a really bad name because I don't see too much difference between what's going on in Washington D.C. with the Biden administration than I've seen in some very corrupt third world countries. Yeah, um, I, you know I, I think it there's there's no way that the Biden administration, um, even some Republicans, will be shamed into this. They're just enmeshed in the in the in the parasitic globalist predators. Um, Attempts to put in place a one world, one world global governance. That that's what they're about. Nothing's going to shake them from that. Um, so I, I I don't think it's a matter of shaming them into it. It's a matter of waking up the people so they toss them all out. That that's what's really got to happen. 
um, it, it, the peop it won't happen. And, you know, democracy is a wonderful institution, but it's, it's easily hijacked because it just needs people to get fat and sloppy and comfortable and, and then they let go. What we're trying to do in Australia is wake people up to say, you are in charge of this country. For goodness sake, get hold of your rights and get hold of your responsibilities because you have to stop the bastards in the Liberal Party and the Labor Party. Start tossing them out and replacing them with, with decent people who are looking after the country rather than the globalists. We, we had a, a Prime Minister in this country, Scott Morrison, uh, during COVID. You know, he, he right. said... He said daily for two weeks, we have no COVID mandates in this country. That right. bastard paid Big Pharma for the COVID injections. He bought 11 each per person, 11 right. each per person. That's, that's complete bullshit because you don't need that. You, they, you should never have bought any because they weren't tested, but that's the first thing. He bought them. He, he gave them to the states. He indemnified that's the what, states. That's, that's why you have to take, you, 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 when you do this, it, it's not when, when you do this, okay, not if you yep. do it. When you do the Royal Commission, you have to take a look at the contract because the Correct. ones that we have been able to collect across the world that Pfizer, Moderna, and J&J &J and AstraZeneca pushed on some of these foreign countries, they wanted the same indemnification that they have here in the United States. They wanted them to not pass legislation to, to even if they bought the shots in May and were to deliver them in October, that in some of these contracts, it says, and if there is a cure for COVID, you still have to pay for the shots. Yep. I mean, no, nobody's saying would sign these kind of contracts. And that's and my question is, because I understand international corruption, who is in the room? Who did the negotiation? Were there lawyers in the room? Did everybody say, okay, you're, you're, you're going to be immune from prosecution if you sign these contracts? I mean, there has to have been some type, I mean, it's, I'm satisfied to say this. There have to ask questions. What, what do these politicians get in exchange for signing these contracts? That, that question has to be asked. Um, you know, if, if we look at this, we see that the Therapeutic Goods Administration, which is charged with the responsibility of protecting safety of, of people in the health system, all citizens. They've, I've already explained that they, they didn't do any testing. They relied upon the FDA, which didn't do any testing, and they knew that, mm -hmm. and they, they all ultimately relied on Pfizer. So they weren't tested. They've covered up deaths. We've got uh, 26,000 deaths. This is from our Australian Bureau of Statistics. They, they've come up with the same calculations and there's only one cause of them and that's the COVID injections. There's no doubt that we can go into the statistical correlation. It's very, very tight. Well, so then they, but they, they also go, remember, if they ever get to the point of acknowledging the vascular and neurological, you're going to have, th th those numbers are going to go up and they're going to go up in terms yes. of injuries, okay? Because it's not just... When they, when they say the correlation, the cause and effect between the shots, the reason why that they don't, they didn't want to acknowledge these injuries in 2021 during the rollout is because they didn't want to create a vax hesitancy. The reason why they don't want to acknowledge it now is because they intend to do this again. The Biden administration, and we have we've reported on these documents, 
the Office of Science and Technology in September of 2021 in the United States, in the Biden White House. So this is not down the street in Department of Health, HHS. This is the Office of Science and Technology in DC. The documents state that the end goal, the, the business goal was to have a mandated seasonal coronavirus. That's what they wanted to do. So the question I would have for Mr. Morrison is, when you signed on for 11, was that just for COVID-19 or is this for a long range plan? Because you, in fact, are in on the mandated seasonal coronavirus in the future. Right. You know, they, they have a wonderful business. Well, it's not wonderful in the sense that it's, it's, it's anti-human, but it is an amazing business model if, you, if your only objective was to make money. Inject people with something that will kill them, will make them sick, so that they then have to get more treatments uh, what he, myocarditis treatments, pericarditis treatments, and right. all the other treatments. And, and that's wonderful. And, and the, we have to recognize that the big pharma companies in this world generally, overwhelmingly, are anti-human. They want to create sickness so they can then sell more drugs to treat people's conditions. We see so many questions now about the medication. But it's the same trans model. Think about yes. that. It's yes. the model that they're using on the trans industry now target the kids, get them, get them, you know, get them away from their parents, have the puberty blockers out there without mommy and daddy yes. knowing anything about it, and saddle that family with a nightmare of going forward because of the truth of the matter is that when, the, when they use this word gender affirmant, I, I just want to scream because it's mutilation of kids. But we also know it's going to screw up their sex lives. We know it's going to screw up every aspect it, of their life, I mean, Christine. It's spiritually, but they're also, a, somebody said to me, Christine, it's about a million dollars that if you take a look at that human being, because even if they go through all these operations, they some of these operations won't even be successful. But if but they will be on medicine and in the arms of doctors for the rest of their lives. And they'll be miserable. And what we've seen in, in this country, and we know that the figures are similar overseas, is that the suicides that occur, occur yeah. largely amongst the, the people <laughs> who have not been denied this, it's not a treatment, this, this invasion, invasive, uh, invasive surgery or chemical treatments. The suicides occur in the young people who suddenly find out they cannot reverse it contrary to what they were promised. Right. And then that they, they then take their own life. This is and that's, just and that would be that that would be that would fall under the legal terminology about informed consent. If yes. they're making if they're making promises that these kids are going to be okay, and in fact it turns out it's not. Well, where's the information? Couple of questions Chris, I want to ask you. I'm can can I just I'm mention afraid. just mention this? Um, we have instances of nurses in January 2024, last month being sacked because they don't comply with the state government's COVID injection mandates. They've been stood down in the past, uh, when were the injection mandates introduced? In 2021, I think, December 21. Yeah. Um, so they've been going two years. They've been stood down. They've been rehired. They've been in various places. Some, some uh, they refused to rehire them as punishment. Uh, but now there have been some that have been sacked just two weeks ago termination letter because they've been in breach of their employer's um, requirements. I'll interview them all, Malcolm. Uh, we'll turn their CEO into a poster child, all right, because it's not right. 
it's not right because I bet it was an MBA guy who was running that hospital. Not a, not a medical guy. It's an MBA guy. Well, it's the state state government politicians that run the health system in this this state, the the, the um, state owned hospitals. I so mean, it's, it's really the gotta, minister. You you've got to have that. Uh, you've got to do the royal commission because That's you right. know, and you need to take a look at what they're doing in Florida in terms of the grand jury because they basically have come out and said no, there was no there was no evidence of safe and effective. Let me ask you something. What's going on with the um, the adverse effects for antidepressants and antipsychotropic drugs in Australia? Because those are the same drugs that they're also giving to these kids for tr who are going through this this trans transition. Well, what's happening is that TGA was formed in 1989, Therapeutic Goods Administration, to to test supposedly and approve or or reject new drugs. Um, they need a sponsor for a drug which means that if you have medicinal cannabis which has been wonderful for so many people not everyone but so many people minimal side effects you can't overdose on it um, medicinal cannabis has been put on a schedule of poisons because of big pharma you can't make money out of out of uh, big big amounts of money out of uh, medicinal cannabis because it's a natural product you can't patent it but we know it's highly effective so that means big pharma wants to shut it down so to have a, you need a sponsor to take uh, a drug or a potential drug into the uh, into the approval process no one's going to do that with medicinal cannabis because there's not much profit margin on it, even though it's so effective. And it's been effective for thousands of years, and it's been effective in the West for uh, close on 100 years. So that's one thing. We have 150 um, known Aboriginal medicines, remedies, uh, treatments that can't get approval for the same reason. So what they're doing is they're squashing mm -hmm. decent, natural therapies, proven therapies, uh, and, and so that big pharma can produce SSRs, uh, and, and opiates and, and so that then causes all kinds of problems in our health system because people are addicted to them, people are, are, are committing suicide over them and, and they become dependent. So these things don't increase someone's propensity for living well, they increase their dependency which puts them on the big, big pharma conveyor belt for paying for the rest of their lives. And the, the treatments we worked out that the cost of treatment of depression or um, PT, PTSD um, is one fortieth when it's mm -hmm. medicinal cannabis is one fortieth of the cost of these SSRs. One fortieth, and they and medicinal well, cannabis. Well, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to make certain that your staff gets our, one of our colleagues um, has has a great. Has, <laughs> Andrew has done some fantastic work, and um, I testified uh, at one of our uh, state houses a couple, several weeks ago with him. <laughs> he was able to get, <coughs> pardon me, from the FDA through a FOIA uh, lawsuit. It took two and a half years, and he's not a lawyer. He did it pro se. And he has the documentation from the FDA from 2004 to 2014 that the FDA and Big Pharma have known about S the effects of SSRIs. And in fact, they have increased, they increase violence, anger, suicide, yep. and murder. And that's what, that, what, that has been held back from the public all this time. So I, I will get that to you because yes, you please. guys ought to take a, take a look at that. What about gain of function? We've only got a couple more minutes here. Is Australia waking up about gain of function? 
Yes, and you know, we were called conspiracy, conspiracy theorists, weren't we, Christine, if we dared mention Wuhan or gain a function or mention a lab leak. Now they're all proven, all proven. Right. So, um, and I don't see Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Well, Twitter's changed hands, so we actually do see it. But I don't see Facebook or Instagram uh, actually coming out and saying we were wrong. Um, so people are waking up to that. People are waking up to the people, fact. People need to wake up to one of my, it used to be one of my favorite publications in America when I was a child, National Geographic. National Geographic <laughs> is, no, I've, I've been watching them for the last three years. And they were taking the Fauci, the Fauci positions, and they and they still are. But I just, I just, start, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about how to do a piece on National Geographic. But they just hired somebody who worked very closely with Francis Collins. Well, you know, um, as, as a child, I grew up with National Geographic too, and the pictures mm -hmm. were fantastic. Even the articles were pretty good. Um, and then a few years ago, probably a decade ago or something, I read Scientific American, uh, an article that, that just spoke complete rubbish about climate. Same with National Geographic, and I just bin them both. That's it. I don't pay any attention to either. They've been captured, as has nature. Um, the, these these, these uh, publishers, uh, once respected, are now captured and just become vehicles for the globalists. Um, and, and, and we look at our therapeutic goods uh, administration in this country. Um, you know, they're supposed to be protectors of the public health. They are destroyers of the public health. They are they're blocking, uh, they're, they're running interference for the big pharma companies. They're running protection racket for big pharma companies. We have, uh, as, you, as you have in your country, uh, you have a reporting system, VAERS, I think it's called. We have a Danes system. I won't go through the acronym, but... Um, there have been 1,060 deaths as of last month, uh, according to these injections. We know that is hopelessly underreported, hopelessly underreported, because doctors have been intimidated and, and turned off reporting, scared of reporting. The volume of paperwork is huge. So we know the deaths are around 26,500 from the COVID injections in 2022 alone. But we've got 1,000 reported by doctors. And doctors have the legal responsibility in this country of writing and signing the death certificate. So they know the cause. They put their name to it. Well, the TGA has come along with no, no um, proper scrutiny and, and revised down the 1,060, which itself is grossly underreported, uh, and made it 14, Christine. So there's nothing to see here. Just 14 it's, deaths it's, from COVID it's, injections. It, it's, it's, it's amazing how deep the corruption is, and that's why our show is called Globalist in Plain Sight. Senator Maybe Malcolm Roberts, Change it friend. to parasites in plain sight. <laughs> the globalist parasites. Well, Malcolm, it's always a joy to have you, and you know I appreciate you coming on the show. And you're uh, welcome, Christine. Us. Keep going with what you're doing. We need independent truth-pushing truth, truth uh, pushing journalists. Thank you. See you soon. Bye.